we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars Podcast, and I'm your host tonight, Nate, and my guest host tonight, Paranoid American. What up, guys? And we got Ryder Leon. Uh, Ryder, thank you so much for coming on. This was a fucking... I saw you blowing this shit up on Facebook. I'm super interested in this. I don't know too much about this. I've had a few of the guys on that have talked to me about being part of the Secret Space program, and most of it sounds kooky uh but you know i like the guys i don't think they're necessarily lying i don't necessarily you know i don't know they might believe what they're saying i'm not sure is everything from the secret space program in your opinion discredited at this point yes and that's what i've been trying to explain to people for the past uh almost a year now and whenever this Corey Good stuff developed, because it's important, I think, to give a backstory of kind of what's going on here. See, I had this information over a month ago. I knew from somebody really close to me that I trust uh, gave me this information that in court, under um, under you know under oath, uh, Corey gave his deposition that he had. Well, the first information that I got was that he channeled it all. Right. And I don't know if that's if you guys know what channeling is, it's where you apparently connect to a higher density density and then you receive all this information from somebody that's not physical. Right. right? Let's let's start this for people that are like me that I didn't know too much about Corey Good. Let let's uh, start. Who the fuck is Corey Good? And then and then let's go. Yeah. For. Perfect. Great. Thank you. Um, so basically, Corey Good was, is one of the biggest super soldier SSP people ever. He's made millions of dollars off of his IP, which is what he calls what a it now. Dollar. And <laughs> but really, this started in 2015, but it actually started before that because he was actually in the community before 2015. But he just became really popular in 2015 because he got hooked up with David Wilcock and then him and David Wilcock got together and then they created this Gaia TV show called Cosmic Disclosure in 2015 and made uh, a lot of money off of this story um, that he proclaimed it to be all real and all physical. But prior to that, he was online doing interviews and a part of a forum called project avalon which project avalon is a was a sub project from project camelot i don't know if you guys remember remember project camelot and carrie cassidy in the really like early, early 2000s right yeah the really early 2000s of this whole thing she's still doing stuff but she doesn't have a channel anymore she got it all taken down she just does stuff on her website but there was an offshoot of that it was called project avalon and it was with uh, bill ryan which was her husband at the time so basically his story is it's like everybody else's story. That's a part of the secret space program and the super soldiers. They say, this is what they claim. They claim that they were taken as a young child by the military or the CIA or some kind of three letter agency. They were taken to a military base. They were MK altered. Their mind was fractured. They were split. And then they were immediately taken through a jump room. And uh, the locations vary. Some people have said that it's in New York. Some people say in California, and they're taken to a jump room and they're taken to Mars or they're taken to the moon or whatever. And then they fight aliens for 20 years. And then they're 
it, with all this highly advanced technology, med beds, regen tanks, laser beams, freaking cyborgs and clones and all that. And then after their 20 year service, their age regressed back in time to the very point that they were taken whenever they were a young child. Right now, just like you, Nate, I have interviewed some of these people in the past, but I was highly skeptical the entire time. None of it made any sense. I'm like, what is really going on here? Right. So then I start trying to dig deep into it. I'm like, okay, well, what's the real parts of these people's story? Because you know that there's always truth mixed in with a shit ton of lies. Right. And the truth is just there to make the lies easier to swallow. Right. So then I started digging into MK Ultra and all the different kinds of MK Ultra programs that were going on. There's 149 declassified MK Ultra documents. It's a very real program that was going on. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're all admitting every single one of these people in the community, which there's, I can't tell you how many there is. I would say that there's at least a thousand that believe that they've gone through this kind of process. And I'm like looking for a reason that they think that they would believe that they went off planet for 20, 40 to 60 years and that they were age regressed. And I'm like, well, this has something to do with the MK Ultra process. So I started diving deep into the MK Ultra process and what they actually do to the MK Ultra victims, right? And they do this thing that's called depatterning where they can remove certain uh, common sense, logical thinking, critical thinking from the brain, basically like wipe the slate clean within your mind and in your consciousness, right? And then the next procedure that they do is called psychic driving, right? And psychic driving is where they implant certain thought ideas and beliefs into your head via a looped audio message, a TV recording, some kind of device in front of you. And on top of that, you're being drugged. And, so and fun fact on that, that's, that's pretty much um, all three of those techniques were developed by Ewan Cameron of the Allen Memorial, I believe, which was like, he was a Canadian branch of the American MK Ultra program. Yes, exactly. He, he was Scottish. He, did, he was a Scottish dude. And, and so he, he's got, he goes way back to the OSS days too, like way before MK Ultra. Yes. And so on top of that, you're, you're being drugged. So you have absolutely no idea what's going on. Your mind's been depatterned. You've, they've removed all critical thinking and logical thinking within you. And then they throw a TV screen in front of you or an played audio looped message to make you believe whatever it is they want you to believe. <laughs> or TikTok right? video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if it was happening right now and they were doing these kinds of experiments, it would be a TikTok video, which I think that it is, right? It's just expanded. The MK Ultra programs has just expanded to be a global type thing, right? Well, now the, everyone the, just opts themselves in, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, TikTok is a, a, a great example. See, they did all this stuff on an individual level so they would figure out how to expand it out so that they wouldn't have to, you know, be uh, doing this to an individual, right? So that they could just do open air testing. And that was part of one of the um, 149 declassified documents of MK Ultra. But then I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is what I think that it is, is that they've been MK Ultra into believing that they went to space for 20 years and then came back as like a sort of experiment. It's just an experiment is what I think that it is. And then I started talking to other people about it. 
like uh, Shane Sador, which I'm having uh, my video on that is premiering tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And we we really get into all this. And he, he thinks that it's like a, a simulation, which I it's pretty similar to what I'm talking about with the MK Ultra and the psychic driving, right? They throw a screen up in front of you. They put whatever they want on the screen. You're out of your mind. You're on LSD or mushrooms. And all of those MK Ultra projects, you can read through all of them. It's 100% factual. Almost every single one of those projects involves some kind of hallucinogenic. Yeah. Right? And Sydney Gottlieb. Bobocaine, uh, scopolamine, phenobarbital, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And those, and are, those are like the non fun versions. Those are the psychedelics that aren't fun. Yeah, and we were talking about that earlier too. How um, a lot before we started the show that a lot of the antidepressants and uh, psych medications legitimately came out of the MK Ultra programs. And you were talking about how uh, you know uh, amphetamine was developed even earlier, and they were giving you to it, but it became really, really popular. And I believe that they completely created a disorder in order to get kids on Adderall and Ritalin and all these antidepressants and all that stuff. Right. Because it wasn't needed before. Right. But then all of a sudden it, it just becomes a thing and they've just made up this, the disorders through studying what the effects of certain medications and combining certain medications. And also Sidney Gottlieb had a brother. I can't remember what his name was. Uh, I would have to look it up. I can't remember off the top of my head, but his brother was a plant biologist. Hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't, I, tell, I didn't even know he had a brother. Yeah, he had a brother that was a plant biologist. You, you can't make that shit up, right? I mean, it, he was like, they were all experimenting on different kinds of psychedelics. They were using this psychedelic called BZ, which is 100 times more powerful than LSD that would make people go out of their mind for two weeks at a time and sometimes not even remember who they are, what they are, where they're going, what they're doing, or anything. So it's uh, that's really what... I came to believe around uh, five to six months ago because I'm studying all this stuff and I'm trying to get to the bottom of all this, right? And then I'm, you know, then the Corey Good stuff comes out. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I was right. And then it's not all just about Corey Good; it's about everybody that really came after that came after him. And then I'm also looking at another angle of this too, because a lot of these secret space program people and super soldiers all talk about a project Stargate, right? Or the Stargate project, right? And they claim that it was a project where they would open up portals and Stargates with their mind and like travel through the multiverse and like all this uh, nonsense, fairy tale, hokey. See, this part is heartbreaking shit. because I love Stargate and I want this to fucking be true. <laughs> but it's probably. Well, and then there's so many of the things you've mentioned so far too that that feel like they're linked to so like like you mentioned earlier like Project Camelot early 2000s there's a guy named Stuart Swordlow I think that kind of claimed in a similar way that he went he was inducted into the MK Ultra and specifically Monarch program and did all of this like astral projection and was trained in other universes although it it's not as sophisticated and evolved as like the newer super space program story it feels like it has a lot of those exact same uh roots in all of this yeah so really quick nate th there is a real stargate project right but it's nothing like what they say that it is the army intelligence really did have a program studying psychics esp abilities and remote viewing right and then later on it was 
became a DIA project. And then the CIA took it over in 95 and then ended up shutting it down. Right. So there's little bits of truth sprinkled into all these people's stories, but it's nothing like what they're claiming it to be. And I've interviewed uh, all the people that I can possibly find that was actually really a part of this Stargate project that the DIA and Army Intelligence was doing for 20 years. So, Ryder, I'm going to ask you a question, I, and this is just an opinion. Do you think people like Corey Good, like this was an actual fucking psyop to make the rest of us look crazy? Or do you think that this guy is a grifter or both? I think he's just a grifter and he's an opportunist and he saw an opportunity to make money and he did just that and he did it successfully. Right. And a lot of people are using that excuse. Well, you know, he was just planted into the community to make people's the real stories and the people that are basically talking about the exact same freaking thing uh, to discredit them, which is a horrible excuse in my book. It doesn't work that way. If you came after Corey Good, which majority of all I of them I've did, already heard one person say that that was a clone that admitted to, that it was fake and that <laughs> it was a hologram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and do everything to shift blame and shift things to where it benefits them in some kind of way. See, they used his story to benefit them now. And now that he's come out in this deposition and said that he basically created it all and made it all up and none of it was physical. Now they're doing the reverse of that. Now they're trying to say, I never believed him from the very beginning. I didn't listen to anything that he said. Well, even if you didn't listen to everything that uh, Corey Good said and you weren't physically watching every or listening to every word that was coming out of his mouth, you still followed in his footsteps. You still followed in the evolution and talked about dang nearly the exact same thing that he talked about. Right? So there's really no getting around it. It should be a huge death blow to the entire uh, SSP and, and super soldier community. But I don't know if it's actually going to go that far, but that's really what I, I'm trying to do. I'm not going to let it go because I think it's a bunch of, I think frauds, even frauds Ryder, in this community should people be. people that believe in QAnon right now. <laughs> <laughs> hold on guys how many how many different fantasies are you going to destroy for me in one night here <laughs> well you guys not followed the real. white rabbit <laughs> so, i mean I, I wanted to ask you too because um that that same just like i was mentioning there's like the earlier correlation of uh stuart swordlow and the monarch program and into all this also, like this concept of projecting an astral projection, you mentioned some people thought it came out of New York and California. When you said New York, are we talking about Montauk and Camp Hero, or is there another place in New York that this started at? Well, some people say that it was at a, a military base in New York. I, I'm not 100% sure. People claim that it's all different locations. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll I think that's I the think Camp it, Hero aspect, which is the the Project Montauk, where they said there was like a chair that you would sit in and that you could travel thousands of years into the future. Um, and then that part of this technology was sort of the result of the Philadelphia um, experiment where people came back and got like lodged inside of the side of the boat because 
when they like you know phased in and out of reality they didn't come back in the same position or something is so then i'm just curious does any of that at all relate to the the origins and the dna of this super soldier program Yes, a lot of them claim to be a part of the Montauk experiments. Okay. But if you study the Montauk experiments, you'll realize that it all came from a dude that liked to strap little boys into a chair and yeah, Preston and Nichols. Jerk off. That's the the guy's name was Preston Nichols. Yes. Is essentially the origin of those stories. See, a lot of this comes as like a a cover up, right? Somebody will come in and be like and talk about actual real factual things and then a couple of weeks later a month later a year later or whatever then comes in all the people making up all the bullshit so right. so could you spell out what the like the main factual elements are that that shouldn't get thrown out with the bathwater well that's what i was kind of referring to it is the mk ultra programs the mk ultra programs are 100 legit real cia programs and then the cia was also within those MK Ultra programs, they were also studying ESP abilities, psychic abilities, remote viewing abilities. And then that turned into another project, which was the Stargate project, which it wasn't called the Stargate project from the very beginning. It was it went under many different names like Sunstreak, uh, Grill Flame, and different code names and, and code words. And then it got transferred to a DIA project. And then the CIA was going to take it over, but the CIA was already funding psychic research and ESP abilities through SRI, SRI International. They started that funding in 1972. They, the CIA was directly funding SRI, which is Stanford Research Institute. On uh, That was funneled through Sidney Gottlieb. So Sidney Gottlieb was already doing his own psychic experiments on remote viewers and uh, psychics and ESP abilities in the MK Ultra programs. And then he was also funding SRI, which was a part of Stanford Research Institute, but they split from SRI in 1970 and became SRI International. All right. So Sidney Gottlieb, the head of all the MK Ultra programs, was the CIA was funding him to fund money to SRI to study psychics and psychic phenomenon and ESP phenomenon. And then the Army Intelligence created its own SAP program, which is special access program. It officially became a special access program in 1979. And it ran until 1995 when the CIA was already was going to take it over, but then they shut it down. So that's another, that's the thing that a lot of these secret space program people talk about is that they all have superpowers and they all have super abilities. That's how I got into researching the, uh, the Stargate project was, is that they all claim that they have remote viewing abilities. They have telekinesis powers. They have psychic abilities. Some of them claim to be mediums and they say that, that they got these powers in space. Right. Okay, and that they came back seeds, with these powers. Star seeds are still legit as fuck though. Right. I think star seeds is like a, a, a play on words that has been hijacked as well. I think that what the definition to me personally, a star seed would be, was, would be here to like plant seeds in people's minds. It doesn't mean that you're actually from off the planet, right? You're, you're a star seed because you're here to expand people's minds and help them create a different version 
of reality reality other than what's being presented. Right? So that's what I would consider a star seed to be. It has nothing to do with being freaking from um, the Palladian star system or whatever, Zeta Reticuli or whatever from off the planet. It just has everything to do with your life here on this planet. Word. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. I have so, I wish I had my notebook on me because what the hell was, uh, Oh God damn it. What were those people called? So I did. So I like, I went deep with, a couple of folks in the secret space program stuff and uh, the galactic galactic federation all this crazy fucking shit i mean yeah how well, much that's... of this comes from star trek <laughs> legitimately how much of it comes from because because i feel like a lot of the star trek like uh writers and ideas came from the mk ultra program because they were all buddies with the huxleys uh, and that's kind of where a lot of this mk ultra got leaked into hollywood uh, and you know, ergo Star Trek, ergo all the other conspiracies that came after that. Yeah, I think so too. I think a lot of it has been people just combining upon what's already been there from TV and television. There was actually this show in Australia called Danger Five. Have you guys ever heard of Danger Five? No. Is it like Babylon Five? No, it's about Germany and like Nazis and the whole show revolves around them trying to like go kill Hitler. There's like this team of five people. It's called Danger Five in every mission, every episode. There's only two seasons, but it came out in 2013. And every episode, their mission is to kill Hitler. And <laughs> everything that these people talk about is all wrapped up in these two seasons, right? They have super soldiers in the in the show. They got uh, freaking Nazi dinosaurs. They got freaking everything that it, all these people. I was blown away. I just watched it like a couple of months ago because someone recommended amazing. it to me. It's it's freaking hilarious, bro. So great. Uh, you can only you can find it on YouTube. Just type. Oh, wait, in this is fi- this is fiction, not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that a lot of this stuff has been exaggerated and became uh, people's own interpretation. And Corey Good literally says in that uh, deposition, when the defense attorney is questioning him about all of these things that he's claimed throughout his life, the defense attorney asked him, he was like, so are you, you know, letting people know that your story is fake and that none of this actually happened? And then Corey whips out his book that he just made, like, I think maybe a year ago, less than a year ago that he just published. And he said, yes, I, I say it right here in this book that there's the real Corey Good, and then there's the fictional made up fake story, Corey Good. Right. And I'm like, that's the most telling thing that you could possibly say. It blows everything out of the water. And then he, he just keeps on going with the questions he asked Corey. So Corey, have you ever been to space? Right. Because this is a really critical thing because you got to remember Corey has been saying to everybody this entire time since 2015 when he first started cosmic disclosure at Gaia with David Wilcock that all of his experiences were real physical experiences that he physically went to space that he physically did all this stuff that he battled aliens in space for 20 years and then was time rage regressed back to the very point that he was taking and Corey said in that deposition he said, oh, do you mean physically? 
And then the defense attorney says, yes. And he says, I don't believe so. What was the reason that he was under deposition? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Why the hell was he in court? And what was this all about? You're You guys are going to love this. Child support. Alien (laughs) child support. He had little reptilians out there. Shouldn't he have ET lawyers? I think that he should have ET lawyers, right? (laughs) Yeah. Interdimensional. Yeah. yeah, They should show up in the courtroom and uh, defend him. But um, so what happened was, is, Corey had Corey and David Wilcock had a really big split from Gaia, not a friendly split. And after that, the the producers and and several other people started coming out and saying that he made all of it up, that he was faking his entire story, that he uh, was creating these things, and he he was just you know as a part of his imagination, right? And no, Corey hold did... on. Before before we get too deep into that, I just from from devil's advocate point of view, um, like how many people watching the show and into you know what like listening to the podcast, how many do you think actually wholeheartedly believe the entire time that you know these were accurate portrayals that like none of it was being embellished, none of it was being done for like fictional or commercial reasons. Is, would you say like I think a lot of people, people I would say a lot of people, bro. I don't think you okay. really realize how huge and big this show was. This made Gaia millions of dollars, dude. Millions. Well, but, but I mean, when we talk about how much money it's making, we're also talking about like ancient alien crowd. But, but that does, that's not the assumption that anyone that leaves ancient aliens on. Yeah, because, they, because you know, ancient aliens gives a description that this might not be real. This might not be true. It's all based on speculation. That's not what Corey was doing. Okay, yeah, Corey fair, was fair legitimately point. saying these are physical, real, 100% experiences that I've had in my physical body. And that's all that there is to it. Now, if he would have came out and said from the beginning, right, if he would have said, oh, yeah, um, some of this information is fabrication. It's uh, exaggerated for my IP that some of it might be channeled. I might've been sitting in my living room in my underwear, uh, you know, making this stuff up. Then that's a different story. But the problem what comes to mind is like Blair Witch, right? Like Blair Witch intentionally made that exact same kind of claim. Like this is real footage. This is not fake because there's not like a a law out there that says that, that you have to say based on a true story that all that actually has to be on a true story. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, is is there an actual line somewhere between Andy Kaufman, Blair Witch style, just like never giving the, you know, the lead away? Well, I think there there is a line there because I'm pretty sure after Blair Witch, it wasn't long after that, that it came. It was exactly like Paranormal Activity. They did the same thing with Paranormal Activity, right? right? When the very uh, very first Paranormal Activity movie came out, they spun that like it was a whole real thing. Right until the movie like ran its course, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, uh, it wasn't real. It was actually fake." Because they had all the actors go on all the different TV shows and talk about filming the the movie and like all of that. Right? I, I think it has for, all those TV shirts, yeah. <laughs> for the amount of time that he basically frauded the public, making them believe that his story was a real, one hundred percent factual story for eight years. I mean, come on now. Like, Where's Corey good now? Oh, he's tied up in a huge lawsuit right now. But anyway, back to the story, because this is important. He basically got himself into this entire mess, 
right? He's the one that's suing people. That's the whole thing here. This is the 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 whole he put himself in the situation that he's in right now. He's ratting on himself because after these people started coming out and saying that his story was fake and not real and all that, you started doxing them and telling them that uh, they're using his IP for the stories and the ideas that, that he's uh, created. Right. And then he starts sending cease and desist letters to all the people that are talking negatively about him. And then this snowballs into a whole thing. And then he goes to Yuseti Ranch. I don't know if you guys know about Yuseti Ranch with uh, James Gilliland in nope. Washington. It's this huge ranch where apparently there's like a bunch of UFO activity and he puts on all these big uh, conventions and festivals up at his ranch to, for I've people to come. Like UFO and conventions? Yeah. Not really a UFO conventions. It's to come and like see a sky watch, basically. Because okay. apparently there's a bunch of UFO activity up at uh, his ranch, which I'm not going to get They're into pretty that Trumpy, right now. They? That's what I've heard. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, that I, doesn't really matter too much. But yeah, but I mean, I don't want to get into James Gilliland and all that stuff right now. You know, it's a whole other saga and a whole other story. So Corey Good goes up to Yuseti Ranch with James Gilliland. And he sits down and does this like three-part video interview where Corey Good's talking about that he's going to come out and expose all the fakes and all the frauds and all the people that's done harm to him in the, uh, in the past and that he's going to sue all these people that he's putting together a lawsuit. And that's what this deposition is from because he's suing all the his former business managers. He's su suing Gaia directly. He's suing Jay Widener. He's uh, suing Adrian Youngblood. He's suing all these people that came out in the beginning and said that his story was fake. I just want to say, for legal reasons, this is the fictional version of Paranoid American, not the real version. And I, I'm just going to assume the same for Ryder and Nate. Legally, we are we are the fictional representations of our real selves. <laughs> But I mean, there's 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 nothing that he can do now because the the depositions became public because his lawyer didn't file the right paperwork to make them private to where nobody <laughs> that they couldn't be released to the public. So should have got that interdimensional lawyer, bro. <laughs> he should have. They would have known everything that there is to know about all of it, right? It's just been a snap of the finger and it'd be done. But his lawyer screwed up and didn't file the right paperwork to make the deposition uh, private. So the deposition got released and the first video was actually part three. That was the first one that I watched that I just kind of, kind of went over there that he said that he, um, you know, made up all this stuff and that he didn't really go to space and that the beans that he was in contact with weren't physical beans and all that. That was actually the third one, right? But there's five other videos. There's five other deposition videos that went on for like seven hours this uh, deposition and all of those have been released as well. I just haven't had the time because I've been super busy and interviewing people and, you know, doing shows and trying to put all this together. I've only watched the first one and the third one so far. So I have four others that I really need to watch to really get the full story. So we'll have to do a part two sometime in the future on this because there's way more information in those uh, other depositions that I haven't gotten to see yet. Yeah, but that's basically the bulk of it, right? The third one is the bulk of it, where he, 
you know, said that he basically made everything up. And then you it was believe all that fake. part of it? Do you, do you Absolutely. think that... But see, the way that he's trying to spin it, he's trying to spin it that he had to say that he made it up in order to trademark it because he's saying that if he would go in there and tell all of these lawyers and the judge and the uh, defense attorney that all these experiences were real, they would just look at him like he was crazy. Right? So, but that's the thing about it. If you went in there under oath and he lied, which he's saying that he lied, that's a criminal offense. That's true. You just, you just can't <laughs> lie under oath. And he's saying that he lied. So he's caught either way, whether he's telling the truth or whether he lied. He's caught up in fraud or he's caught up in a um, another uh, fraud for frauding the public that the everything, all of his experiences were real physical experiences. And then he says under oath that they aren't physical experiences, but then he's saying that if he lied and then that's also a criminal offense, if he lied under oath in court. So either way he goes, he's screwed. What do you think he does now? I think he's going to try and, and spin it just like he's already done. And he's going to say that he had to lie in order to trademark his property and trademark his IP that he created. And that's like his big goal during this whole thing is to trademark all of the stories and all of the phrases and everything that everybody talks about. Right, so right? You can't have Nazi dinosaurs unless you give him a cut. Exactly. Not specifically Nazi dinosaurs, but well, yes. yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't say secret space program. You can't say 20 and back. You can't say dark fleet. What? So what's 20 and back mean? That's where they go into space and fight aliens for 20 years. And then their age regress back to the very point that they were taken. Okay. That's what they're calling 20 and back. It's and almost like the, uh, like Neo going into the matrix for 20 years and learning jujitsu and yeah. helicopters and then popping back. Right. Yeah. And so, he, so I just, so I just want to <laughs> clarify, do, do you think that any of those concepts could have any basis in reality or that those are just wholesale? He sat down and just wrote those up from, you know, science fiction movies Good or question. is some of that, you know, correlate to modern versions of whatever MK ultra turned into. Again, I think that it was a part of the MK ultra process that these memories and these thoughts and these ideas and these beliefs that they were fighting aliens in space for 20 years and then they were age regressed back to the very point that they were taken as an implanted memory into their head to make them believe that they went to outer space to fight aliens for 20 years in order to cover up what's really going on and on the earth, right? That these projects actually exist, right? Like So just, just poison in the well of MK Ultra in general? Yes, and the Stargate project and any other black budget SAP program that the government might actually be doing. They don't hear the truth. They hear the fairy tale story about these people fighting aliens in space. Word. I've got another devil's advocate question on that. So if, if we take the type of person that is going to wholesale believe, you know, that the, you know, end to end that, 
they went 20 years into the you know um battling space aliens and came back and retained that knowledge going from believing that wholesale is that the same type of person that's gonna be like oh well if he was lying about that i'm not even gonna believe in mk ultra now because uh, it feels like that would be such a huge jump between extremes of like just i'll believe anything that i hear all the way to well now i'm not going to believe anything at all well i think that they should do some kind of research because it like i i've been saying that, that there are real government programs that have been running that is being used as a cover-up that doesn't mean that mk ultra isn't real that doesn't mean the project stargate isn't real the stargate project because they're real projects they're just nothing like what the secret space program and super soldier whistleblowers are saying that they are. So no, they should have Nazi dinosaurs for like those yeah. cool headlines. Is it, so is yeah. there anything that would be cool or like a big headliner that, that came out of the actual project Stargate that you're aware of? A headliner as in like a, individual well, I mean, or... it's, it's clearly not going to be like I was riding dinosaurs and blasting Nazis. Well, um, the whole, the whole operation for the Stargate project was to collect, collect intelligence data for the military and three letter organizations. Because these psychics, which is 100% real, legit psychics that are trained to remote view and go within themselves and separate their consciousness out to where that they can view anything that's going on on the planet at any given time, right? And they were being used to collect intelligence information during the Cold War against uh, the Soviet Union. And they there's literally sketches of... Pat Price, uh, he's one of the best remote viewers to basically ever exist, which some people can debate that, but I'm just trying to give you an example mm -hmm. of who he was. Then there's Ego Swan. I'm sure that lots of people that know anything about psychics or remote viewers would know who Ego Swan is because he was one of the most popular and one of the most proficient remote viewers. And he was working for SRI. Then there's Yuri Geller which Yuri Geller was also working for SRI as well, and Joe McMonagle. Joe McMonagle was a part of the uh, Stargate project. You got uh, Dr. Hey, Yuri Geller is the spoon guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, the spoon bender. You know, this is fucking, it's interesting timing that this is happening because it's like mm -hmm. the ufology community is like finally getting like a taste of like respectability and like, they're starting to get, you know, uh, and then this happens and I, it's just, it's funny that this just like discredits everybody that believes in aliens and things like that, or this is going to be looked at by like normies. It's like, Oh, okay. This is just more bullshit. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and it's created a lot of damage within people too, because, you know, think about it. Think, think just for a second, try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes for, for a minute. Let's say that you have, some kind of mental disorder. So you have a mental problem, right? You, you're suffering mentally or that you have a heavy use of drug problem. You got a, a, an addiction problem to any kind of substance, right? And you're, you're lonely, you're, you're tired, you're sitting in your mom's basement, blah, 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 grandma's basement, whatever. I don't get you... so personal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but then you flip on one of these SSP channels these, um, you know, uh, super soldier channels, and you're listening to what they're talking about, that's going to do more damage 
to your psyche because I personally believe that it's, that it's made up, right? And they're getting people that are already damaged individuals, like I just stated, mental health problems, schizophrenia, stuff like that. Uh, and, or That's their bread people. and butter, dog. That's who they're making millions off of. I mean, I, I feel like that's what the, the Marvel and Disney industry is. You know, they're going right after that exact same demo. They're like, they're fighting over it. Yeah, it's interesting about Marvel too. I feel like they're going downhill hardcore. But I think all of Disney really Wait, is. Corey Disney Good is getting his contract with Marvel. They're going to make a movie. And you, bro, you joke, but I mean, <laughs> I, you're going to you're going to see happen. technical advisor yeah. on like a credit point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Corey. He's a great he's a great guy. S super funny. I've, I've been listening to his uh, his movie reviews. You guys been listening to his, his movie reviews with uh, uh, X X Cubed? No. Yeah, they're doing like a. Um, a whole podcast together they're like doing movie trailers and like movie reviews and stuff it's super funny it's good stuff they reviewed she hawk on disney plus they did uh the new black panther movie the all my favorites that's awesome I, i'm sure they're getting <laughs> glowing reviews and the new lord of the rings on amazon and like all that which i've heard is a dumpster fire but um i have yet to meet someone that's actually stayed awake long enough to to watch every episode start to end but hey, that new Game of Thrones, uh, House of Dragon, is freaking baller. Have you guys watched that? No, I have not. I've, I still Crazy feel scorned from the end of the first one. Like I'm almost out of spite. Is it actually good? Or you really you... good? Really oh, good. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll check it out. I guess. Hey, yeah. I, I wanted to before I forget to ask you on this one, because because the first kind of credible version of this Corey Good sort of drama. Like we're talking about in you know 2022 right now, December 2022 is when it's happening. But the first time outside of William Cooper and Roswell type stuff, but this I this papers of Majestic 12 came up, um, and Majestic 12 was like the first purported, legit you know presidential acknowledged documented version of having an actual council of humans that could talk to aliens, and there was some kind of trading of technology. So I want to ask you, are you familiar with Majestic 12 and what your impression is and opinions are of Majestic 12? Well, the document actually came out and they said that it was fake later on. But, right. As they do. Um, <laughs> right. Always. But I think that this came about with James Forrestal. And this connects into the JFK assassination and like all of that. I, I'm 99% sure that JFK actually had knowledge that we had highly advanced technology because JFK was kind of under James Forrestal, which was the very first secretary of defense in the United States. He was first the secretary of the Navy after world war two. And um, he kind of had JFK under his wing. And there's reports that JFK and Forrestal went to Germany to look at a lot of this technology that the Germans during world war two were developing. Right. And whenever JFK and Forrestal came back to the United States, JFK ran for Senate and Forrestal became the very first secretary of the Navy. And then this whole thing, then that's where MJ-12 kind of comes into play because James Forrestal was uh, apparently involved in, he was a member of MJ-12. And from my knowledge, it was actually a program to reverse engineer crashed craft or create craft 
right? And this has something to do with the uh, Nazis that were brought over after World War II into the United States with Project Paperclip. Uh, everyone knows about Project Paperclip and the community has been ran into the freaking ground, but it's true. And there were reported that it was up to 10,000 Nazi officers, engineers, and aerospace techs that were brought in, but officially it's only 2,000. So James Forstall, after they had apparently created these uh, anti-gravity craft that they could actually use and pilot and traverse our airspace, wanted to release that technology to the public, right? And he was getting shut down at, at every single end of it. Like it was, you know, pissing a lot of people off because they wanted to keep it quiet, right? So um, he got basically let go of being secretary of the Navy in, I believe, 1949. I think I'm not sure on that day. Don't quote me. But then they basically made him out to be crazy. They were like, hey, like you're talking about all this uh, stuff. We're just going to try and discredit you by making you crazy. So they basically they pretty much locked him up in a psych ward on a military naval base. And he reportedly fell out of a six-story window. Right, like he did. Uh, exactly. It's no, like exactly. Frank Olson too, right? So exactly <laughs> what happened to Frank Olson? Yeah. So, and a lot of people have correlated that they took him out, they assassinated him and, and killed him because, again, you know, he's trying to make this uh, technology public because it would do a lot of good for humanity. Because you know, with anti-gravity craft comes along. Uh, a whole other host of technology that can be created out of the anti-gravity craft. So, so, so then does this, does this reverse engineering, is this from aliens at Roswell? Is it from aliens in Germany that the Nazis found where exactly did the technology that they're reverse engineering actually come from in your opinion? This is from the wife swapping in the Enochian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell yeah. me more. How do, how do, the how do you go from white swapping to UFOs? <laughs> the Enochian angels told me that I need to sleep with your wife, Nate. You need to, you need to believe me, please. Look, bro, I know how to build us a Starcraft, but all I need is there's just like there's the tiniest catch. The tini what would you not trade for interstellar travel? You know, just a little anal. Yeah. <laughs> just a tad bit, just a tip. I give you just a little tip. Well, my personal belief, like we were talking about before this, the, the story goes that Ever Kelly and John D were channeling these Enochian angels and they gave them some kind of information, but they needed some kind of blood sacrifice. But I don't necessarily subscribe to that story. I think that we actually developed and created the technology on our own. The uh, We were developing and creating it in Northern California in the mid-1800s by a group called the Sonora Aero Club. And they were actually funded by a Prussian organization called NIMSA. And uh, Prussia was Germany before Germany became Germany. Prussia be basically became Germany later on. So they were funding these group of people called the Sonora Aero Club in Northern California in the mid-1800s that were developing highly advanced technology, anti-gravity craft using a spinning green mercury to additive, uh, spinning green mercury, mercury fuel additive into the craft to give the craft flight. And there's schematics of this online. You can type in the Sonora Aero Club. You can see drawings and schematics of the craft that they were working on, 100% legit 
factual. So then you fast forward a little bit to World War II and the Nazis working on their highly advanced craft, which is the the Glocka Bell technology, which all the, the Glocka did was lift up off of the ground. It had to have a high amount of electricity running to it and it would just float up off of the ground, right? So that means that it was just a component to the craft. It wasn't the entire craft itself. It was like the warp drive or the the thing that made the craft lift up off of the ground and be able to traverse in the airspace, right? So, and then after World War II, all of these events start happening, right? You have the Roswell event of 1947. You have the Washington Flap event of 1962. You have the Kecksburg event of 1965. Oh, sorry, I got that wrong. The Washington Flap was 1952, not 62. So that was the, I don't know if you guys know about the Washington Flap event, but there was UFOs that were spotted over the White House. And there was a shoot down. There was a shoot down. There's pictures of them, uh, pictures of it all, all over line. Robert Stanley did a huge article up on his website uh, talking about the craft. But there is a shoot down order for the uh, uh, the Washington flap event for the UFOs that were over the White House. Right. So why in the world would you ever give a shoot down order to an extraterrestrial race? If you thought that they were actual real extraterrestrials coming to us from outer space, why would you give a shoot down order uh, you, you want a war with an extraterrestrial race when you just got out of one of the biggest wars the United States has ever been through in, in World War II? I mean, like, even 9-11, they gave NORAD stand-down orders, right? <laughs> exactly. So why why would they do that? And I, my personal belief is that it was the Germans with their highly advanced technology, and they were basically coming through and being like, hey, like, what are you guys going to do? You know, you're going to have to do something because we have this highly advanced uh, technology and you guys have nothing. Right. And then this also gets into the Richard E. Bird story. So uh, this is after World War Two. Yeah, that's really fucking fascinating. I've always heard people say this, at least that like Germany lost the war, but not the Nazis. Yeah. Like and so were there still like rogue Nazis and fucking spaceships that were like fucking with Washington DC? Is that what you're saying right now, Ryder? I think so. I believe so through my research and (laughs) through my research and interviewing uh, 100% legit people like uh, Walter Bosley, that's written several books on the Sonora air club and Dr. Joseph Farrell, which has written several books on the, uh, the Glocka bell technology from Nazi Germany. And, you know, me putting together all of these things. See, it's always a cover-up, right? It's a cover-up within a cover-up. And I believe that the the cover-up of this, and I might be skipping over some things here, but I believe that the cover-up, because we've all heard that Eisenhower, I'm sure everyone listening and you guys have all heard that Eisenhower signed a contract with ETs, so that the gray ETs, so that, that we could get some of their technology. And there was like a trade-off to where that they could abduct people and do all these abductions and experiments. Yeah, I on. thought that was what was part of Majestic 12, was it not? Or is that is that a separate um, conspiracy theory unrelated to Majestic 12? It's unrelated, but it, it, that's the thing that's like perpetuated within the community okay. to, to reinforce the alien narrative, right? But I think that the alien, him signing a document with aliens is a cover-up. 
and it wasn't a doc, it wasn't a uh, document with aliens. It was a document with the breakaway German group after World War II, a human group with highly advanced technology, and they did the exact same trade that they said that they did with ETs. It was a trade. Well, we'll we'll help you develop some of your technology since we have it. You don't have it. Right. But what we're Are they do, in Antarctica? Is that what they're hiding? That's the that's the running theory. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. I think they kind of just spread out all over the place. You know, there's there's theories that they did go to Antarctica and it's it's possible. But again, absolutely, you know, no proof other than uh, Admiral Byrd saying that he went to uh, Antarctica with his naval fleet in 46 and stayed there for a year until 47. And they encountered these German craft that basically demolished their entire naval fleet. Right? That's really the only proof that we have that any uh, any of the breakaway German Nazis went to Antarctica. So, I mean, it's a possibility, I think. I mean, they have to be hiding out somewhere because I think that that's what the cover-up was about. It, it's a human group with human technology that signed a contract with the United States government in order to do these abductions and experiments on people, because that's what, you know, Nazi Germany was all about, right? It was, that's where it all started. All the psychological manipulation, all the experimentation, the MK ultra stuff really happened in, in Nazi Germany. They were doing it with uh, Joseph Mengele and in, in Nazi Germany. So that is what I think that the trade-off was, was the Nazis, the breakaway Nazi group, the breakaway human group had to sign a contract with uh, the United States government and probably more governments from around the world in exchange for helping them develop their technology and that, you know, the, they would sign a contract that they would be able to take an experiment on human beings and, uh, you know, come to them in, in, in their craft, right? And the evidence of that is that the very first abduction well, the first abduction experience, right? The the one that was made super popular here in the United States was Betty and Barney Hill, right? Everyone knows the story of Betty and Barney Hill, right? But the very first statement from Barney, right, was that it was the military that abducted him. Yep. That he saw military people in military uniforms that abducted him. And it wasn't until later on, until him and Betty were getting regressed by a regressionist, that they changed their story to aliens. And the regressionist basically, you know, controlled the controlled the narrative and implanted thoughts and ideas into their head. I mean, regression is, I think, not um, a good thing to ever be doing because they they can literally. I want to say psychic driving. I know there's a different term for it, but I just have psychic driving in my head because we were talking about MK Ultra. Uh, leading questions is really what I'm getting at. They can lead them into answering something that didn't really happen, right? So the regressionist could have been whenever they were, you know, being regressed about their experiences. And, you know, Barney said, oh, yeah, it was the military. I see, you know, people in military uniforms. The regressionist could have been like, hey, are you sure it wasn't aliens? Right? And then that could get his head turning. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it might have been aliens. And then they just ran with that. And it was first Betty. Betty was the first person 
through the regressionist that said that it was aliens. And then later on, uh, Barney followed in her footsteps and said that it was aliens too. So, so the insinuation here, just to be clear, is that basically UFO sightings and UFO abduction reports um, are largely just smokescreen for government and military operations. Yes. Do, do you think there's any any private contractor or just like some genius with a fucking barn out in the middle of nowhere that can like remake some of this technology that they knew about in the mid 1800s? I'm sure that they could try and figure something out, but the way that our technology works, I know works, that are working on this shit. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard of that, but you would have to be super freaking secretive about it because they're not going to let any human, other human being, any individual, or any company actually make anything that they could actually use in and travel and be in our airspace. It's not going to happen. They'll, they'll shut it down quick. And the way that our technology works too, dude, they, they can literally just hack into your freaking phone and record every single conversation you've ever had legitimately. Right. Mm -hmm. So they know they can know everything that, that you're doing already. And apparently too, it, it kind of sets off like an energy uh, signature too, when you're messing with some sort of anti-gravity craft, which I'm not 100% sure that that's true. That's just kind of, what I've heard when people are trying to make any kind of free energy device or any kind of anti-gravity technology, it sets off some kind of uh, energy signature on the planet. And if it's not a part of an energy signature where they are sanctioning these kind of developments then they go right to them. I don't know. Possible. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too, that it just, it basically, it's like throwing up a fucking flare. Yep. Yeah. What would what would stop? This is a devil's advocate question, so it's it's a little bit leading, but it's I'm just thinking out loud. Like, what would stop the the United States or just some capitalist in the United States? You know, like like the Rockefellers or, or you know, insert um, popular capitalist here. But if there was a free energy device that could do this, just freaking commercializing it and be like, oh yeah, we're just tapping into some new coal mine, or you know, we're fracking someplace you didn't know about. But all along, they're just generating free energy and just printing money um, from like the private industry aspect. Well, I mean, I, I don't think know it's, that they're not doing that. Yeah, that's I what guess, I was. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think that that's highly possible that they can do that. But th then the thing becomes well, if they ever want to release the technology, how do they do that? Right? They've kept it suppressed for such a long time and they have everybody believing that everything that they see in the sky and all the abductions has happened, all the UFO sightings are aliens when it's been us the entire time. Right. How, how do you get out from underneath that? You just, right? you just ban you from posting on social media if you question it. And then the same thing they did with like the eugenics program, right? Just like a, a veg, you just change the name of some stuff, rearrange it. And if you ask too many questions, you just lose your license or you lose your doctorate or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, threats and stuff like that. But I'm saying if they ever wanted to release it like globally, like publicly, mm. you know, how does that happen? There has to be a huge. Well, it feels like they're letting that shit happen right now. It feels like because I know I know two different folks that are working <laughs> on that kind of shit right now. One of them's a homie of mine. One of them is some weirdos that I kind of know peripherally. And it feels like if they would have ended up dead already because they're pretty far along with some shit right now. Um, 
I feel like they're kind of, I think maybe the shit is getting out of their hands or maybe they're, maybe, maybe they found a way to, they're going to let this technology be out because they figured out a way where they can control it and make money off of it. Well, we're also talking about they, but if, but if if we say that the, the technology was kind of originally developed around the mid 1800s and then got refined and secretive in the U S around the fifties, it like, the practical version of how do you release it today is kind of like the national equivalent of like, Hey guys, look at this cool shit. I found in my dad's closet. He would have been mad if I would, if I showed this to you, but like, we're cool. So let's, let's play with this gun that I found, you know, that's sort of like the analogy. There's just too many questions to be asked. If they were just to come out like that and be like, Hey, you know, we got this now. The people no, no, like, thing, like, it was here when I got here. Ago, I <laughs> two days ago, they were talking about some fucking laser thing that's creating like unlimited energy or some shit. Did you hear that? I, I I didn't actually read into the article, but they were talking about this thing is making more energy than it puts out, and it's like a perpetual energy thing. Like, so I think that they are like slowly seeding us and getting us ready because I think they're gonna need whatever this technology is to put us all into like. I don't know, like what when their technocratic bullshit and their transhumanist nightmare that they want. Uh, they need this shit out in the open. They need this to like exist in our head. They have to slowly pedal it out little by little and get us ready. So we're ready to put the fucking chips in our head. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what do you well, think? I mean, the you would have to get rid of a, a large percentage of the population in order to do that because it, it creates too much opposition to it, right? There's too many questions that comes out after that, right? Well, how long have you had this technology? When did you develop it? And then that loses any kind of credibility to any organization, the government, any three-letter organization. They would have well, to completely make it destroy look like, and look rebrand what we it. just fucking figured out. Like they're, they're acting dumb. But then you have everybody that's been talking about it for a really long time still. Yeah, they just they take away our fucking PayPal's and they take away. See, this is also on the this is also like on the heels of them moving money to funny money to like CBDCs and things like that. They can just shut us the fuck up. Maybe I don't know, or you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's true. I just think that there has to be. There's always an excuse. That we're all There's always an excuse good. for everything, right? They they have to shift the blame to somebody else or something else, right? They have to shift the blame to another individual, another group, another organization, a different country. They're never going to take responsibility for anything that they've ever done, right? So it has to be a, a big event that sets it off in order for them to ever reveal any kind of highly advanced technology it has to be a psyop. It's the only way that it can be done. It's a been big alien invasion. And then we got, we took one of their crafts and then all of a sudden we have all this technology. But like when the crackhead steals the cop car and starts driving it around. <laughs> <laughs> it, we were saying they and them a lot. Is this, are we talking about like the United States military holistically? Are we talking about, like a like a an Illuminati modern day or like who who specifically would be they and them preventing us from getting access to this? No, I mean yeah. that's a question that everybody has, right? When everyone tosses around they and them all the time, you know, that's like, well, who are they and them? I think it's everybody. 
right? It's not one lone organization. It can't just be one group of individuals doing it. Everybody's in on it. That's the only way that it works. I think and, it's like it's like mafia families. I think it's just a bunch. But of even mafia, mafia families, families have their made. snitches and their defectors. They do. And, yeah, you know. they fight with each other. But I think like they all have it in common interest to keep like their control and power together. So like they're not going to like. And and at the end of the day, they have more in common with each other than they do with us. And so they probably they do probably like get in spats and they have jealousy and fights and shit. But I think I don't know like. I think the best the best way that it was explained to me, which which was uh, from Yuri Bezmanov, which was the uh, KGB defector of a video that I watched, how it's done is compartmentalization with rings within rings of power, right? So you have rings within rings. You have a group that's in the middle, right? And that group believes that they're making all the decisions that they're the ones in charge. But then there's another group outside of that group that is controlling the inner group, but they also think that they're running things and that they're in charge. And then there's another ring outside of that second ring that is controlling the second middle ring. And they think that they're, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And I think that that's uh a big way that it's that it's gone it's a compartmentalization making people think that they are the ones that's in charge and that are running things when really it's somebody behind them making them think that they're the ones in charge and then there's another group of people behind them that's doing the exact same thing and it goes on probably 20 of those 50 of those probably endless and the people really in charge are the people on mars right now that are <laughs> Yes, it's a secret space program, uh, Nazi alien dark fleet from space. <laughs> Ryder, I'm curious about your opinion on, uh, because I for a long time thought there was a big difference between the physical crafts that we'd see, like a flying saucer, and whatever experiencing, whatever the fuck these orbs are. Because I've had experiences where I've seen these fucking orbs, and I I don't fucking know, dude. I felt a presence off of it. I didn't know what the fuck it was. Is Do you think that those possibly are something different, or are those also man-made flying objects? I think that a lot of that is due to our own perception of the phenomenon, right? I don't know if you guys know about Dr. Stephen Greer, but he reports that uh, he has this app. It's called a CE5 experience uh-huh. where you can get all of these people together and then they can spot an ET or see a UFO or whatever. But what people don't realize is our belief in something tends to create it in our reality, right? So if you have 50 people that are a part of this course or this thing that someone's putting together and they're all going out and believing that they're going to see a UFO or see an alien, then that's what they're going to see. You know, I think that a lot of things are run by our thoughts, ideas, and beliefs. It's an egregore, egregorical reality. Uh, Egregore is an occult term, and it's used when it's like a, I forget what they're called. There's a, um, golems right people you know golem and egregore kind of go hand in hand but it's created based on your 
thoughts, ideas, and beliefs and the energy that you put into it. So then it becomes a part of your reality. Just like all the secret space program people have done, right? They've repeated the same thing over and over and over again, gotten other people to believe in it. And when other people believe in it, it becomes more and more factual to them in their personal reality. So it's like how, driving. <laughs> exactly. Word. And that's how it becomes perpetuated. And that's how people actually personally believe that they were involved in something like that. Because so it's just been it, constantly reinforced into their psyche through talking about it and hearing other people talking about it and people messaging them and asking them questions about it. It's become a part of their reality that they in turn have created. From my personal experience, I was pretty normie when I saw it. Uh, I'd never heard of Stephen Greer. And uh, I didn't believe in, and I still don't believe in aliens or outer space. So uh, <laughs> you're in a step in the right direction. Yeah. My friend. <laughs> but whatever the fuck it was, it was interesting. That's all I can say. Yeah. Now on a personal experience, I'm just going to be 100%. I have, I have really have no idea because I've experienced things, you know, growing up, I've seen paranormal experiences and I've had my own kind of encounters with uh, something that I have no idea what it is. And I still have, no idea what it is, but I think that there's an issue within the community and, and everybody trying to lump everything into the same exact category, right? They're, they're trying to lump in aliens and UFOs and abductions and paranormal stuff and Bigfoot all under this same kind of umbrella. That's my bread and butter, dude. <laughs> That's what I do. That's funny. But it's all separate, it's true. right? There, there's yeah. separate things that need to be discovered on each one of these topics, but it's just all been uh, rolled up into uh, a giant paranormal alien UFO burrito. And people are yeah. biting out of it every single day. Yeah, I mean, I no, I agree with you, man. Uh, sort of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally, yes. Um, but yeah, for a long time, I definitely thought the orbs were something different. And I definitely thought like the Tic Tacs and the fucking saucers were definitely man-made. That's what I just, and I don't think that there's aliens from fucking outer space. Nope. I just don't. To be clear, when you talk about orbs, do you mean like the ones that show up on a photo or ones like right there in front of you, naked mm -hmm. eye? I don't know about the photo shit, but yeah, naked eye, a fucking floating ball of light. Um, and I don't know what the fuck that is, man. It, people could say it's ball lightning. This thing wasn't ball lightning. I don't know what the fuck this thing was. Um, I don't know. I, I've only experienced it the one time. Um, I have no goddamn idea, dude. I just, well, whatever it is, it, like I assumed maybe it could have been a drone or something, except it had no sound. And it, the way it moved, it moved way too fucking fast and was doing weird shit. And I have no idea what the fuck it was. And maybe it's technology that I just have no idea about. So, yeah, the thing about aliens and space and, and all that is even if they could possibly be an interdimensional species right because that's what people's arguments are i've been saying the same thing for a while now that it's not aliens that it's us right that it's our craft it's things that we've developed they're not coming from outer space right been saying that for a while well 
the people's argument and the rebuttal to that is that it's an interdimensional phenomenon, that it's an extra dimensional phenomenon, that they're coming from a different level or a different layer of reality. Right. And I'm like, well, everything that I know about a different, which I don't know a lot, right. Just what people have talked about because I've never experienced it. But if they're coming from a different level or a different layer of reality in another dimension, like the, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh density dimension or whatever, how could they possibly maintain a physical 3D avatar in this reality? They couldn't because they're not physical. Any of those other dimensions wouldn't be a physical dimension like this 3D physical reality that we are in right now talking to each other in our homes. Right. The, the way uh, David Icke describes it is that they're basically like, the, the way that I understand it is that the entity is like right here in the room next to me, right? But they're vibrating at a frequency that's outside, um, you know, like what my eyes or my ears or my senses can perceive. But that if they lower their, and this is, this is almost verbatim from Ike, not from me, but they lower their frequency down to like low level you know, human vibrations, I think he calls it, then they basically enter our reality because they're kind of like lowering their frequencies in order for our dumbed down rube senses to perceive them long enough to give up some adrenochrome and get some knowledge. And then they like pop back into higher, you know, vibrations where they're like, they're still here the entire time. And he likens it to Wi-Fi and like radio signals that you need the radio antenna in order to even know that it's in the room. But that this is like, instead of you creating a tool that can perceive that frequency, imagine that frequency mutates itself into like an actual vibrational presence that, you know, you can, you know, hear, feel and see in like physical reality and then pop back out again. I mean, possibly. I really have no idea, but I still don't know or realize how they could possibly still because if they're in a different reality, that doesn't make them them physical. So even if they were to able to, that they are in a higher density and somehow phases in this into this reality, and we could see them right here, we would just go right through them. There would be like a ghost. Well, well the reality in this case, right, being like your brain inside of a box and relying entirely on what your eyes and and your ears are sending it to it, but the brain doesn't actually exist out in space where like the light. And everything is happening so i get i guess the the idea here that that reality doesn't mean like a, a objective reality reality meaning whatever is within our limited perception of very specific narrow band of frequencies that are i mean i'm again this is like yeah. like the devil's advocate here this isn't me making any kind no, of specific stance no i mean i i appreciate that and i appreciate the, the good questions I, I just still if it's a higher density being that still makes him non-physical. If he's, if there's someone right here, right next to me, and I just can't see them, I can't touch them. He's coming on your face We're, right now. He could be. No idea. He could, I could be getting teabagged right now. I have absolutely no idea because he's not a physical being. He's not a physical entity, right? I don't know. It's interesting. That though. jizz I mean, is just too high frequency for you to tell, bro. But it's like <laughs> too high, yeah, too high vibration. It's so it's so oh, hot man. that it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's just my you know my thoughts and and my ideas revolving around it. And you know I think that 
there are like certain abilities and there are ways and there's things that we have absolutely no idea about like the the psychics and the remote viewers that's a scientifically proven thing that it's real that people can take their consciousness out of their body and view something that's happening on the earth by looking at a picture or having some kind of coordinates or something like that you know, there's real parts of this that we just don't completely understand. But I'm telling you right now, it has absolutely nothing to do with fighting aliens in space and uh, going to Mars and, and, you know, using all this highly advanced technology with clones and cyborgs and all this genetic manipulation shit in space and then being age regressed back 20 years to the very point that you're taking. There's a much bigger, much realer, down-to-earth explanation for things that are going on. And that is the cover-up to make people believe that it's, it, it's, that it's this extravagant fairy tale, rainbow upside-down unicorn land thing that's going on. In order yeah, to cover up the I real mean, stuff. I think what's probably really going on is it's a bunch of fucking evil sociopaths that, like, are just manipulating us and robbing us and killing us and raping us. And we get to blame it on aliens. They get, they get to do whatever the fuck they want and we blame it on aliens. Well, I want to say too, though, that the the implications of free energy and anti-gravity personally are far more interesting than aliens. Cause the most interesting that to aliens to me is that we can murder them and take their technology and use it to advance our own species. Right. But if you're saying that we don't even have to do that messy part of like luring aliens here and killing them and murdering and taking their technology and we can just develop ourselves. Like the, I guess when we're saying, you know, fantasy land, I mean, that would be my ultimate fantasy is like free energy is real. Anti-gravity is real. Cause man, like now we all actually get to get the back to the future hoverboards and all the other cool shit. Yeah. I agree. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Well, you, yeah. Did you guys have anything else? I actually have my show here in like, um, 20 minutes. So if you have anything else uh, for me, we'll have to do a, a part two or something sometime. I can, after I watch all of the, uh, other parts of the deposition. Well, I'd love, I'd love to know from you. Cause it's, it sounds like, you know, like both of you guys, right? Like no aliens. Um, and I'm a heavy skeptic too, but I'm curious, like, what about all the Sumerian, um, tablets and what too. about like the, the wheel of Ezekiel yeah. and stuff that people are like, Oh, that had to be with aliens. Highly advanced humans. Okay. So it was still, you know, they knew the same technology that the 1880s dudes knew and that the Germans knew and like the yeah. real society, like they just had tapped into some cool, like Tesla level shit that no one else really knows about yet. Yeah. And all the rises and falls of our civilization through the time that our planet has been a planet, mm. you know, we've, we've been highly advanced at several points in our history since humans have been on the planet. It's, so it's not out of the realm of the possibility. Cause if you run through the Vedas, right, if you go through the Veda text, you'll see, they talk about this group of beings on the planet that would help civilization grow to a certain point, give them this like technology and, and all this stuff to have them in a thriving civilization. Right. And then they would go away for a while. Right. They would go underground 
or they would go someplace else. And then a, a, a giant cataclysm happens, a solar flare happens, a natural disaster happens, a polar shift happens, something happens that basically wipes it all off of the map, and then they come back after, and they do the exact same thing over again. This is like the divorced dad that just shows up every once in a while for like a birthday, but he like misses when you like break your arm and shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey champ, how's it going? Here's a, here's a check and some life lessons. All right. See you again in three years. <laughs> yeah. That's a good correlation there. I mean, absolutely. That's, I mean, and I think that that was a advanced human group of beings that, that were doing that. And then they have, constantly had a hand in our development and our downfall and then our development again and then our downfall again and it's just a constant rise and up and down and up and down all you through think we're just like a weekend project for them or or, or <laughs> like do they actually want to get us to like some extra next level where we we become equal to them uh, that's a very very tough question because then it becomes well you know how do you do that Right? How would you create that kind of scenario? That would. Well, I mean, some some would... people put like little outfits on their dogs and they sleep in bed with them and they get a little piece of all the human food. So I, I assume there might be like that might be the farthest we can get is we can put little like alien outfits on and and have their scraps. Well, I mean, the way that you would you would do it is kind of what the plan is for the new world order, right? You would do the exact plan that everyone's talking about with the New World Order in order to get us to this highly advanced society. And that might be a hot take, and a lot of people might disagree with that, and I'm not advocating for the New World Order, but that would be how you would do it. You would decrease the population by 80%, just like they want. You create a global governance you create a one world religion, you get everybody on the exact same page. And when you get everybody on the exact same page, you can start to develop the society uh, as a peaceful, benevolent, star traveling, whatever it is that you want to do. And people have the, the, you know, the negative side to that, the negative side of the new world order that's going to just be all, uh, surveillance state and then we're going to own nothing and we're going to have nothing and uh, you know it's it just basically all goes away and we're all pretty much slaves well i mean we've been slaves this entire time we've been a slave to the monetary system for decades now you know so there's always a different way to look at it now whether we get that type of reality is kind of up in the air right whether we get that harmonious golden age of reality and somehow maybe the uh, you know, the hijacking of the supposed new world order that's not beneficial to everyone on the planet happens. You know, it's kind of like, you know, up to us. Like, what are, what are we going to get? Are we going to get a positive, some sort of benevolent new world order? Or are we going to get the surveillance state agenda 21, agenda 2030 kind of new world order? Well, it depends if you've signed up for new world order prime or not. <laughs> how how much do you pay uh, monthly for that? <laughs> yeah, are, are you on the gold subscription? Because you you want to be at least on the gold subscription for the New World Order. You, you don't want the free tier, bro. Yeah, you, you, 
You need the gold pass for that bad boy. <laughs> Jens, this was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you throw some plugs? Um, get the hell out of here. Yes, uh, you can find me on uh, Rockfin at Raised by Giants, all of the different podcast platforms at Raised by Giants, Instagram at Raised by Giants Pod. And by the way, Nate, thanks for making me that meme, dude. I freaking yeah. love that meme, bro. I'm, I'm going to post it here pretty soon. I already posted it on my Facebook page. But yeah, uh, all the social media is uh, Raised by Giants, Twitter, Facebook all that and thank you guys appreciate you all so much for having me on your show and letting me uh you know talk about all these weird crazy topics it's an amazing it's an amazing time to be alive in this community right now dude man i guys. think what you're doing is important because i think honestly there's so much truth that is being talked about in this community and then there's the obvious fucking nut jobs and i think it's our duty to kind of fucking clean up our you know like shut the nut jobs up a little bit I don't know. I mean, we're all nut jobs, but like, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm being a dick. Anyways, paranoid American. Where can everybody find you, dude? Uh, yeah. So actually, we we talked about MK Ultra a few times on here. If you guys like MK Ultra, you can go to mkultracomic.com, which has got like a little chick track style pamphlet that breaks down a lot of the things that we talked about in in a little bit more detail. And then all my other stuff uh, at paranoidamerican.com. Lots of comic books. If if uh, we're live, right, and this is going now, we're so live. if uh, if you guys are looking for good presents for your kids or your girlfriend or whatever, I've got some great coloring books on Amazon. You can prime; it'll get here in time for Christmas. There's a uh, one called American Cryptids, which has got like 30 different crypt American style cryptids, and then I also released a new one this month called uh, Modern American Lovecraft, which has got a bunch of cool, like highly detailed Lovecraftian type themes on it and then shout out to uh to bags uh i got some stickers on from him on the yeah, shop and then shout out to uh to tron tron's universe who did the paranoid portraits uh conspiracy theory coloring book also on amazon so if you want to color in william cooper or aldous huxley or baphomet or whatever uh check out one of those out that's like this is the perfect time of year to grab those so that's there's my throw and my plug hell yeah all right gents thank you so much Cheers. Peace.